You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Happy Friday, everybody. We are one day closer to Sunday football, and Matt and I will be making our picks for all of the Sunday games, reviewing what happened on Thursday night football as well. This season, get football in your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, Matt Williamson, the scout at Williamson NFL. 37-28, the Broncos beat the Jets as we both predicted. We both liked the Broncos in this one. Sort of a roller coaster of a game between two pretty bad teams right now. Uh, as currently constructed, mostly on Denver's side because of so many injuries. I thought they were going to be, you know, a, a much more of a contender than they have been so far this season at 1-3 and three now. The Jets are the worst team in football. I think that's clear at 0-4. Oh Brett Rippon, the three interceptions, he's the one that stood out to me because I like Brett Rippon coming out of college. Uh, there's a lot of other draft Twitter folks that did too, and, and they were taking victory laps during that game, and then uh, it kind of fell apart for him. But he came back, and, and uh, the Broncos did hold on to win that one. Yeah, yeah, and Rippon was pretty darn good until he wasn't, you know, I mean, and that's often the case with those guys is it's, it's not easy, but it's a lot more feasible to put a few quarters together or even a couple plays and people are out there going, wow, this guy could be an NFL starter. Like, eh, you know, hang yeah. on. You know, <laughs> it I mean, comes back to earth a little bit. Yeah. The league catches up with you. It's like a, a pitcher that goes through the league the second time and everyone realizes curveball's not that great. You know, like you figure them out pretty soon. Um, but he did play well all in all, minus the turnovers. Um, they were the better team, but it was a pretty evenly fought game. Uh, unfortunately, my two takeaways were it was an entertaining game, back and forth. But then I'm also going, man, this turf combined with Thursday night, short week, injuries, yep. penalties, like, and there was some badness. Not so great. Not so great stuff involved here, too. Yeah, about halfway through the game, I was like, "Oh yeah!" And it's Thursday night, short week yeah. for recovery time for these players on this MetLife turf, which was—I mean—that's something that probably shouldn't be happening right now. And there's definitely some something going on with the turf that that pretty much non-contact injury down the left sideline. Um, when you see a receiver go down, it reminds me of Philadelphia way back in the day. I can't remember which receiver it was, but I think he tore both knees up on the same play, jumping off the turf. This was like in the nineties. Um, the awful turf from Philly. Yeah. That was like one of the worst ever. And this reminded me of that. It's just a wide receiver running a route and just falls on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there was a lot of questionable things that I think might need to be looked into. And I, and my radar wouldn't have been up if it wasn't for the Niners and, you know, their complaints. And again, I did some Steeler homework in week one and they weren't happy with it. And, um, and I know people looked at the turf and I don't want to harp on that because there was some good things from that game. And frankly, I thought Sam Darnold did some good stuff and could have used a lot more help. And, you know, Makai Becton didn't play. And then he goes out for a few, few, uh, reps and his shoulders killing him and he goes back out and just a lot of that kind of stuff that made me scream that you know just, just kind of embedded in me that 
they, they say player safety is at the top of their list, but is it really? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it, and it, it can't be fully just with the way the, the nature of the NFL, the nature of football. Sure. And it's, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't want to harp on that too much. but No, um, I don't oh, either because it was an entertaining game. By the way, speaking of a roller coaster of a night, Brett Rippon had one. Also, cornerback Pierre Desir had one. Uh, there was the yeah. touchdown he gave up where he was the term everyone uses now is mossed by first round rookie Jerry Judy. Pierre Desir in coverage. He had two interceptions. He had a really nice pick getting his toes in. He had a pick six later, which uh, a couple awful throws from Brett Rippon where you're like, what are you doing, man? But Pierre Desir, so he gave up that long touchdown, uh, two interceptions, one pick six, allowed eight catches, though, for 134 yards and two touchdowns when he was the nearest defender on a play. So some big plays go in both directions there for Pierre Desir. That was a a pretty up-and-down night, and it was much related to Brett Rippon's up-and-down night. My hunch is the Sears are going to get a chance to, for more interceptions and pick sixes because people are going to throw his way. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works with corners. Yeah. And then at the very end, it almost got kind of ugly and some, some borderline cheap shots, which, you know, you would yeah. expect from a Greg Williams defense and Vic Fangio not even going for the handshake, just running to get his guys off the field. And remember, Fangio was a coach with the 49ers during the Bounty Gate stuff with Greg Williams and the Saints back in the day. So, uh, interesting twist there at the end of the game. Yeah, it was. And um, it was also a long game. I was about ready for yeah. it to be over, too. <laughs> Especially on the East Coast. You're like, all right, I've, I've had enough right. of this one. I've had enough of Jets Broncos. And I've had enough of Jeff Bron- Jets Broncos. Let's move on. Yeah, let's make some picks about, for yeah. some, I think, better games, uh, at least on yeah. paper, coming into Sunday in week four coming up, including our six-pack on Peacock and Williamson. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Refreshing sidekick for whichever game you're most focused on. I personally, paying a little extra close attention now, got some more skin in the game this season with us keeping track of our picks all year. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You guys already know if you listen to this program about Built Bars and how much I love Built Bars. Well, now there's a brand new way to break through your wall every day with Built Go. Whether it's mental or a physical wall, break through it with Go. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your backpack, your briefcase, your gym bag. It's a perfect workout partner. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like taking one of those energy drinks, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body and actually doing you good and helping you get over that hump and break through that wall with more mental clarity and focus. Three delicious flavors of Built Go. Built Go uses collagen protein, which is a fast absorbing protein, gets into the system quickly. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and just a little kick of caffeine. And of course, protein to power through your day. Go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. Let's make some picks, Matt. You feeling good about your six-pack draft board? I had a hard time making my my choices. There was not a lot jumped out at me. This it week was, oh, I'm with you. Yeah, there was not yeah. nearly like... 
most weeks we both have yeah five or whatever when we draft our games and it's pretty easy i think much more difficult this week um you went first last week can, can i get the honors yeah, this time Dig uh, right in. and i want to start off with the game and i'm going to go opposite what our friend chris at the action network had in that bills raiders game the raiders are getting three points i'm going to take the favorite he's got the dog in the raiders plus three i'll take the bills and give up three points with my first one yeah i, I that's not on my list but i was I would definitely take the Bills in that game. I am taking the Bills in that game. I, part of me wonders, is Josh Allen due for a, a dip? You know, not not like he's going to come crashing and burning. But is he going to continue to play at such a high level, um, you know, cross country? Uh, but, and I also think the Bills defense has allowed teams back in games a little more than I would like. But I think they're just clearly the better team than the Raiders. And I, I kind of, and this, I lost on the Bills last week because I had bet on that regression from Josh Allen. And I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe it's not coming. So yeah. uh, I'm going to flip it. I'm going I'm to go with the Bills now. And uh, that'll be my first pick there. And I just don't like what's going on with the Raiders. And they're kind of banged up as well. And I think they kind of showed their true colors. They had that nice matchup where they knocked off the Saints. But um, I don't know if they have another one in them, even though the Bills are traveling across the country. And I get why. And, and that's kind of why. You know, the travel's one thing, but still not much of a home field advantage. And I think it, it just should be a little bit bigger line than three points. Yeah, I hear you. That's what I, th- I was thinking, too, is I think they'll win, and that's not much of a line. The Raiders are really light at wide receiver right now, too. Absolutely. Um, my first pick is Jacksonville. I have it at plus three um, going to Cincy. And I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I mentioned that yesterday. Um I just think Jacksonville might be the better team. You know, like we looked at the, these are the teams that picked first overall last year and everyone projected to pick first overall this year. And both of them are better than that now, but at most, I think they're an equal, you know, pairing, if not Jacksonville getting the edge of, of how they've played this year. So I'm going to take the Jags with that many points. I think this should be more like a, you know, plus one type of game. All right. I'm going head to head again with the Action Network with my second pick, and I'm again taking the favorite where they have the dog. I'm giving up four points, and I'm taking the New Orleans Saints to get things back on track against the Detroit Lions. Four points. Uh, I think the Saints are going to blow them out. I think the Saints are going to get right, and we're going to be like, oh, yeah, the Saints are one of the better teams in the NFC still. I didn't pick this one as one of mine. I was kind of torn on it. Because I think Stafford and the offense are starting to round back into shape and why I was kind of high on this team in the offseason with Galladay back. But I, I'm with you that I think Michael Thomas will play. I think we'll look at the Saints, particularly their defense, and say, oh, yeah, they're a big-time contender. I mean, the thing that's killed the Saints this year is a ridiculous number of penalties. I mean, is that going to keep up? Probably not. You know, that's type of – it's not like, oh, boy, they're the most penalty-prone team in the league. I think it's just been bad luck or – you know, things that will correct itself. I'm with the Saints here, but it wasn't one of my favorites. I do like the direction the Lions are trending, but like just looking at where this line is and looking at what these teams have done recently, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? If this was week one, the Saints would be favored by 11. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Let's see, where are we? I've got Saints. I've got Bills. Your first pick was the Jaguars over the Bengals getting three points. Uh, What's your second pick here in our six-pack? Chargers plus seven and a half in Tampa. And I certainly concede that Tampa is the better team. I think they have a great defense. 
I think Brady is kind of quietly finding his way. But no Godwin, no Fournette. They're still trying to figure out the backfield. And my biggest reasoning for this is I'm, I got a new kind of a new Chargers theory that if they're favorites, I'm betting against them. If they're dogs, I'm betting on them. Because this trend goes back to last year, and it's really an Anthony Lynn thing. And it's how he wants to play. They play close games. You know, they they have talent. They can hang with anyone. They usually don't win them, but they play close games. And I just don't think Tampa's quite ready to run away and hide from anybody. We saw them in Denver. They could have ran up the score more and just kind of sat on it. So that seven and a half to me is enough that I think the Chargers keep it close when said and done. I understand why Tampa is favored and they might be one of those, you know, if you're looking for a team in your suicide pool and and you've wasted all, all of your good teams at the beginning of the year and you're not sure which game to go with, Tampa might be a good one here because I do think they're going to win this game. But, it, but it's, it's a big line and I've been impressed with yeah. Justin Herbert, the rookie. By the way, here we go. Here's a good stat from NFL research. If Justin Herbert, who's 22 years old and 208 days Sunday, and Tom Brady, who's 43 years old and 62 days old, 43 years and 62 days old. If they both start in week four, as they will, it will be the first time there will be a 20-plus year age gap between opposing wow. starting quarterbacks since at least 1950. The good news for Brady is he is 14-2 and two in his career versus rookie first-round quarterbacks. That doesn't surprise me at all. And <laughs> yeah, the second part. Belichick, too. You know, it's not just a Brady stat. Right, yeah. But that, that gap of age is crazy. 20 years. And, uh, yeah, so... Brady's gotten the better of a lot of young quarterbacks in the league, but Justin Herbert has not only held his head above water, but looked pretty good at times uh, in yeah. his first couple of starts there. And and I mentioned earlier on in the week how he only needs uh, like 200 yards and he'll be one of the top five quarterbacks ever in yards thrown in his first three starts. So um, got to take Brady, though, uh, as far as the, the score. But that's a big line, seven and a half points, and that's actually started to grow. So that when that gets over a touchdown, too, it's not just seven, it's seven and a half. So I'm with you on that. I, I think I would lean to, toward the Chargers with that many points because yeah. I've got bucks, but closer than a touchdown, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put money on Tampa to win that big. Yeah, I think Tampa's still working out some things, a lot of new pieces. They're not blowing teams out by massive numbers. And the Chargers always keep things close. All right, my final selection here, and I am sort of doubling down on what I had last week with a couple of games. Uh, I bet against the Lions last week, and they beat me. And I'm betting against them again because I don't think they're going to do it twice in a row. And on the same flip side of that, it was the Cardinals who they beat, and I bet on them last week, and I bet on them in the past. I'm going to bet on the Cardinals again because I don't think they're going to lose twice in a row to another bad team, a worse team probably in the Carolina Panthers. And again, only favored by a field goal here. So I'm taking the Cardinals, giving up three points to the Carolina Panthers. I see that. Uh, I think Carolina's defense has played okay considering their lack of talent, but I think it'll get exposed. It worries me a little that when we record this, we're still not positive on Hopkins because I think he yeah. is as crucial as can be to that Cardinals offense and is exactly what they needed. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, I think Arizona's two tiers better than Carolina, and that's not that much of a spread for me. Hopkins is big, and uh, yeah. I, I, you know that's one of those where you want to wait until game time to make sure. 
on on that sort of a bet. Um, but we have to pick here today, so I'm going to make that pick and hope he does play. And I think he will play. And it's similar to the Saints, you know, when you see okay, they're going to get Michael Thomas back too, which is so huge for that offense, which makes you more comfortable in that pick that I made as well. So uh, there's my picks. My my All half right. of the six pack: Bills, Saints, and Cardinals. The last one of our six packs here, Matt. Your third game, which is it? I'm torn between two, but one of them's the Monday nighter. So I'm going to leave. I just realized that I'm going to leave that one on the back burner till we get reconvene after the weekend. I like Dallas minus five against the Browns in Dallas. And my logic behind that is I think both these teams, we know exactly what both these teams are right now, where some teams we don't know that yet, but I think Dallas is going to be in shootout after shootout. And I think the Browns are going to play close to the vest and run the ball like crazy. Like they have totally different styles and totally different ways of winning football games. I just think Dallas's style trumps Cleveland's style in this and that Dak's going to throw on that secondary. Their weapons are going to be too much for the Browns to play their conservative close to the vest style. And I think that a shootout is not at all what the Browns want. I like this one a lot, and yeah, a lot of points makes it easier to get over that number. And by the way, what I'm seeing here is four and a half points. Would you like four and oh, a half? Oh, nice. I'll take that. Okay, we've got you locked in here. Even better. <laughs> uh, Cowboys minus four and a half over the Browns. So, Matt's three picks in our six-pack. Jaguars plus three over the Bengals. Chargers plus seven and a half over Tampa. And the Cowboys giving up four and a half points over the Cleveland Browns. When we come back, we'll make the picks for all the rest of the games on the Sunday slate and Peacock and Williamson. Folks, I got to admit, I am not very handy. I don't know a lot about cars. I respect people that do. And frankly, I'm very envious because, I mean, the money you can save with rockauto.com and being able to do things yourself and create the exact car you want is something that I would love. I mean, I'm, I just don't have that skill set, to be honest with you. And rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to fault, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear us box so they know that we sent you. That'll help us a great deal. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I don't feel great picking favorites that are all three on the road here, giving up points in all my games, but uh, we've talked a little bit about this off the air. I'm just not, I'm not buying home field advantage right now. Travel is one thing, you know, so Bill's going across the country to Las Vegas, not ideal necessarily, but it's not the longest trip there is in the NFL. And I'm just, I don't think that home field is this year what it should have, what it is traditionally for sure. So if you're getting a little bit of an edge there on road teams early in the season before everyone agrees to that, or maybe I get completely debunked on that, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to roll. Yeah, I I agree with you on that too. I mean, yeah, travel hurts, you know, but these guys travel 
basically in luxury too. I mean, they have, they travel better than they did 10 years ago than they've traveled 20 years ago. Their, you know, their bodies are, you know, taking care of every step of the way and there's people around them if there's any kind of ailments. And I absolutely think the road teams are getting um, too much, you know, too many points. They're getting too much uh, benefit with the, the spreads that I've seen because man, I mean, without crowd noise, it is a massive, massive advantage. And I also think there's a human element to the refs calling, not biasly, you know, or you're know, not in favor, but maybe slightly of the home team because the crowd, there's 70,000 people screaming at them. It's just a human nature thing that I think you're getting less of that. So uh, I don't think offenses on the road are a, a detriment at all anymore. It used to be a huge detriment. Yeah, and uh, really saw it on that Sunday night football game last week with Aaron Rodgers, and you know, he's in yeah. the red zone where normally it's really hard to hear, and you got to go silent count, and he's like, "No, nah, this is cake, man. This is like playing ball in the backyard, super easy." So he's uh, the most comfortable guy in the building, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on to the Colts and Bears. Five wins combined between these two teams after three weeks. The two and one Colts on the road at the Bears. The Colts are favored by two and a half points here. This was one that I was teetering on. It might have actually been my next pick. I it was like mine the, too. Uh, oh, was it okay? I yeah. Do you like the Colts or the Bears? I I like the Colts because Me I'm too. not fully believing in the Bears. Um, again, another home dog, but I just felt like versus the other games I picked, I think the Bears have a better shot at winning this outright as a home dog than some of the other games. So that's why I left this one out. But I do like the Colts on the road here. Yeah, I don't really trust either quarterback, even with Foles in there. I think both defenses are quite good, but the Bears' run defense hasn't been great. And if this was three or three and a half, I'd, I probably would shy away from it. But two and a half, I think that they'll control the line of scrimmage, lots of Jonathan Taylor, and squeak this one out by a field goal or so. But it wasn't in my top three. It was probably number four or five on my list. Um, I like it. I don't love it. I think the Colts are pretty darn good. But I don't think the Bears are fixed all of a sudden because Foles is back. Yeah, and that's that's the big question for me. Are they going to be a lot better because of Foles? Are they going to be a little bit better because of Foles? Are they going to be the same team we saw with Trubisky with Foles? Mm-hmm. So one more week to to hold, you know those those big uh, proclamations and, and really get another full game with Foles in there to see what the Bears look like. Which is another reason I shied away from this game because it could go either direction. The Bulls, the Bears are three and zero right now. We could be talking about a playoff team and all of this magical Foles run again. Like that's definitely one of the possibilities for this team because they have some talent and and I like a lot of pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So Trubisky has obviously held them down. Um, is it a massive difference to Foles? And we're going to find that out I think real soon. Yeah, and I know everyone was impressed with Foles last week, but. I went back and watched that game too, and he, there was two or three near or should have been interceptions where the perception would be totally different on Foles. Mm, that's a good. That's see, that's the scouting prowess of Matt Williamson, which is why that's I love him as is. my co-host here on the Peacock and Williamson Show. <laughs> the Seahawks and Dolphins. The Seahawks favored on the road. There's a lot of home dogs this week, and this is one of the games the Action, Action Network has. The Dolphins actually, uh, and they have home dogs all over their six-pack. Seattle favored by six and a half points against the one and two Dolphins. Seattle comes in at three and zero right now, and uh, their offense is rolling, their defense not as much. Yeah, defense is bad. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I mean, I, th- I think this is a sneaky start-your-Dolphins type th- situation. Like Devontae Parker, I think, could have a big day. Wide receivers have been tearing the Seahawks team up. 
And I think it's easy to look at this game and be like, Seattle's a lot better than Miami. You know, if we're power ranking them, Seattle's in the top three or four, Miami's in the bottom seven or eight. But we talked about this a little yesterday. Miami keeps games close. And even if they're down 14, they come back and make it, you know, closer than it looked. You know, the score is, ends up being closer than it looked during the game. In Miami, is it going to be hot? Is that going to be a, a factor? I don't know. But Chris Carson's not probably going to play. I'll take the home team plus the points. Uh, this is, It's an awful long road trip. I just, just said that, you know, they, they travel in luxury. But it's about as long a road trip as you're going to get. That many points, I'll take the home team. I don't think they're going to win. Yeah, and looking at the injury report, Jamal Adams is out. Uh, Carson yeah. and Carlos Hyde is backup, both questionable for this nope. game. And on the other side, this is what the matchup that's going to be fun is how the Dolphins cover those Seattle wide receivers. And, and with that offense rolling the way it is right now with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and they're going to man up against those guys. So is it going to be one where it's like, oh, no, we've got big plays galore. Byron Jones questionable again, but I've, I've liked what I've seen from Igbenogany, the first round pick, filling in there at corner. So they're going to man up with those guys. Are we going to see big plays and, and long touchdowns to DK Metcalf, or are they going to do their job and, and, and limit those wide receivers and keep it close? So that's the big question for me with the Dolphins is, they're going to roll with those uh, those man defenders. Can they can they hold up against the Seattle wide receivers? Yeah, it's a great great point, and I think they'll hold their own and they'll lose that battle. You know, that's why I'm taking Seattle, and yep. I think that's where Seattle will put up a lot of points. But I think that this team can hang with those two receivers better than most can. Some really big lines this week, Matt. Fourteen right now. Baltimore Ooh. Ravens favored on the road against the Washington Football Club. 14 points is a big line, but that's one I stayed away from because, uh, I mean, I know the, the the Ravens can win absolutely massive here, coming off a, a big loss as well. I do not like this for Washington, but 14 points, a little much. It's a lot, yeah. I, I saw that today for the first time with every intention of, I'm going to bet the Ravens to blow the Washington out this week. And then I looked at them like, 14, though? Holy cow. I mean, uh but I think the the Bear has been poked and embarrassed against the Chiefs. It's a terrible week to play them. You talk about a road trip. I mean, Baltimore to Washington's, uh, you know, uh, right down the road. Washington, we talked about this earlier. Washington's quarterback play has been really bad. Could they pull Haskins in this one if it gets real ugly? Maybe. I don't think that helps matters, though. McLaurin's not 100%. Chase Young's not 100%. Doesn't leave much else. <laughs> I, I'll lay the 14. I think they might win 30 to 3. I'll go Washington here just because let's say they do go up big early and then they just run the ball, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. they're not throwing for points. And, and it's a. Which, of course, is what they'll do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's a game where Washington it won't put up enough points against Baltimore's defense to make this a shootout type where they're just scoring and scoring in the second half. They're just running the ball and running the ball, and it still could be over 14 points swing, but that's why I'll, I'll take the Washington side on this with two full touchdowns. Yeah, it's a ton. The Vikings, 0-3 at the Texans, 0-3. Houston favored by four points here in this one. This is a toss-up. I mean, I wouldn't touch this one all day. I don't know what to expect from either team here. Yeah, I, four is not a great number for me either. I mean... I, I've said some things like, boy, I would love to buy stock in Deshaun Watson right now, you know, for fantasy and just his overall per- perception. I, those first three games are out of the Houston system. I think they're going to be much, much better and climb every power rank from this point on. Not that they're great, but people look at them like they're a true bottom feeder. 
and I don't think that's what they are. But Minnesota looked a little better last week. I tend to think they are a bottom feeder. I guess I'll lay the four, but Dalvin Cook and I believe you know Justin Jefferson is you know uh, uh, something exactly what they needed in Thielen. I think they keep this one close, or this is a very close game, or maybe an overtime game. Like it, it seems like these guys are kind of in the same spots right now, and they both have some players. Little bounce back from the Vikings last week. They're getting four points. I guess I'll take Minnesota here, but not a, not a lot of faith right now in the way either team is playing. Let's move on to another huge line this week, which is the Giants at the Rams. 0-3 Giants, 2-1 Rams, 13 points with this line. Uh, the Rams favored big at home. I really like what the Rams are doing right now. Um, I also think, I'm not saying the Giants are in the same boat as Houston because they're not. They're a bad team. But I also think their offense will start to show signs of life. I mean, not be disgusting at this point but are they going to get donald blocked no i'll still take plus 13 and a half though rams run the ball a lot yeah that's i think they can keep it close enough maybe uh i could absolutely see the rams blowing them out too the rams have been uh i i it's just too big of a line obviously i would not actually bet on this game but you know what i'll go rams i'll go rams just blowing out the giants the giants are a a pretty bad team their offense is humming one of the better games of the Sunday afternoon schedule, the Patriots on the road at the Chiefs. The Action Network has the Patriots in their six-pack here. Chiefs favored by a touchdown. I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to give up that touchdown. I think uh, I think this is where Andy Reid's like, all right, Bill, I finally got you in a place where I can put some points up on you. It might be the only time in my career I can run up a score a little bit. <laughs> but, but then again, Bill might be like, yeah, that's not happening. You're going to win by three. I would think the Chiefs, too. I mean, in their building, which isn't like what it used to be, obviously. But the Chiefs are the new Patriots. You know, that they're going to score on everybody. Their defense has played pretty well. I mean, they get after the quarterback. I just don't know. It's kind of like that Cleveland-Dallas conversation where the Patriots want to run for 250 yards against a bad Raiders defense and control the clock. Well, even if they do that against Kansas City, Kansas City's still going to get their 30. They always right. do. Yeah. I just think, don't think the Patriots can keep up. I think they get beat pretty bad in this one, which is hard to say with the Belichick situation. I mean, I, I have the greatest of respect, but one guy's got a lot better checkers than the other. Pretty rare to see a full touchdown, though, underdog for the Patriots right there. So I'm sure some betters it's are like, oh, man. Years. Yeah, some betters are like, oh, I'll take that all day. Yeah, I wonder when the last time it was or how many times. In the last 20 years, it's happened once, twice. Steelers-Titans postponed, so, yeah. uh, and a couple of other, like, I think there was now. two more Titans players tested positive yeah, again today, which is, like, a little right. bit late in the, the week for, for new positives, which is a little bit of a scary situation, so that game definitely not happening. Uh, and the last game on the schedule is Sunday night football. It is the 49ers at 2-1, and one hosting the 0-2-1 Eagles. Niners favored by 7. Eagles are in a really bad place. Niners, I think, are over their hurdles and ready to explode. I'll take them. Usually the Eagles stop the run pretty well, but I think stopping this running game is a relative term, and I think guys like Kittle can really blow up. And what if Wentz throws a couple more picks, you know, then forget about it. I'll, I'll lay the points here in San Francisco. 
I have a feeling you might too. Yeah, I I think seven's a really good number, and, and that's mm-hmm. probably where I would put it. I might even lean toward the Eagles here for this game to be closer and a little bit more of a trap game because the the Eagles They're gonna be desperate. Yeah, they're desperate and they're not they're not that bad. Like they're not right. as bad as some of the teams that the 49ers have just faced all banged up in New York and were able to roll over the Jets and the Giants. The Eagles, there's a, an opportunity for them to play a lot better and be the team we thought they were coming in. So uh sort of like an earlier game I talked about with the Saints. If this was a week one game, what would the line look like? Maybe three points one way or the other. So it would be a much, much closer game, I think, than the seven here for a team that's really banged up with the 49ers. So I, I feel like that one might be a little bit much. I'm three and oh right now picking the 49ers games versus the spread. I had the Cardinals with seven week one. So I'll go with the dog again here and go Eagles keeping it within a touchdown. It's probably close to a push, though, for me, because I do like the 49ers to win this one. I mean, I, I certainly think Philly could have a fake punt, the surprise on sides, you know, anything to get a win, you know, Jalen Hurts comes in for a series, you know, things like that. That just things that have not been on tape because they are desperate. That's it. Those are the Sunday games in week four. It's going to be fun to watch and even more fun to break down Monday. Matt and I will be right back here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show.